Welcome to Mouthful with Shanti. I'm your host, Shanti. This is a podcast where we have funny and smart conversations about race, gender, culture, and more through an intersectional lens. If you've been enjoying the show so far, I'd be so grateful if you rated the show on Spotify, five stars. If you feel any otherwise, don't rate it. Today, my guest is comedian Michael Folk, co-host of I'm Not Busy podcast. We talk about being an only child, having divorced parents, and a lot more. So here we go. Keanu Reeves is amazing. Just... <laughs> my mom is a really big Keanu Reeves fan. Oh, smart, smart woman. Yes. she. My step Daryl has a sort of Keanu Reeves. Your step Daryl? Yes, my step Daryl. My, <laughs> my, they've been together for like 25 years, but my mom just never wanted to get married again. Yeah, I like that. I like calling him a step Daryl because I feel weird about with my stepdad because I'm like, well, you entered my life. After I could legally buy cigarettes. <laughs> like, I don't know. What's his name? Of Niche. S- Step of Niche. It doesn't have quite the ring of yeah. Step Daryl to yeah, it, Step but the D-, D helps. The D helps. <laughs> so, um, at the beginning of every conversation, I always want to break the ice by asking if you were a kitchen appliance or anything that can be found in a kitchen. Okay. What would you be and why? <sighs> this is difficult. And it can't be food. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Drama it's update. My game, my rules. Drama can't update. Be- <laughs> okay. Um, no food. Um, mm. Well, I would like to think, I would like to do be something that is like always useful okay. and always um, like really getting a lot of play. Um, I think I would be a pepper grinder. Okay. Like, I'm always there. You're yeah. going to use me in every instance. Okay. Like, you're never like, oh, pepper grinder, fuck you. Like, yeah. you love the pepper grinder because the pepper grinder shows up and does what needs to be done. What kind of pepper grinder? Are you a plastic one? Or mm. Are you like a big wooden one? Mm. Um, I would definitely prefer to be one that was like, sort of impractical a little bit. So like sort of like <laughs> like a crystal. You pep- want to be a campy, <laughs> a campy yeah. pepper grinder? Yeah, like definitely something that you would get from an estate sale and then wonder if it's haunted. <laughs> okay. You're like, yeah, like a little a little spooky, a little austere, a little yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah, but useful and, you know. A haunted pepper grinder. <laughs> My gosh. Also, I'd want to be like, a pepper grinder that's heavy enough that if you needed to bludgeon someone in it in like a yeah. scream scenario and you're like being chased through your kitchen and you grab the crystal pepper grinder, yes. bop. And then every single person that you were like, this is unnecessarily big, you're like, take that. Right. Okay, pepper grinder, I like that. Also yeah. like breaking things down. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Ooh. I don't know if you feel that you do that in any way, but like yeah. right now in some way you do in my head. Sure. I mean, I think that I am, I can get to the bottom of things. Well, I, you know how other people's problems are much clearer, like the solution is so clear. And then your own shit, you're just like, oh my God, I have no idea how to figure this out. Yeah. But when you view other people's problems, sometimes you're like, yo, bitch, calm down. Or like, let's do this. You're like, duh. Yeah. And I'm almost always that person in people's lives that's sort of like, people will come to me for like, let's get to the root of this. Let's break this down. And you were able to give that tough advice? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely someone that functions with, like, I can be pretty pretty direct. Um, but I try not to be mean, although I can't do roasts. 
Oh, I, I'm not a fan of... Uh, I'm a fan of the camaraderie that I thought Rose used to have mm-hmm. when I saw them. Like, really, like, how you joke around with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, I didn't think you could do that, or whatever. Like, oh, you were able to, like, not argue with your mom about something, you know, like, or whatever, <laughs> things where you know your friends. Right. And it comes from a real friend place. I feel like Rose have turned into just the same kind of thing, insulting people for the same things and it's just it just doesn't seem like i don't know i don't know i feel like a wet blanket or old by not liking gross but i just like think they're mean similar well that's my problem is i'm either way too soft or like i'm deeply cutting and it's not funny yeah yeah i'm like well actually that's why your dad left and never spoke to you because you're a disappointment that's why no one will ever really love you and you'll probably end up killing yourself yeah it gets too much it's like or or i'm just sort of like i don't know you stink you know i mean i can't i don't there's like a certain there's a certain narrow lane to be a good roaster and i'm not that yeah i can't and also i just made a joke about uh suicide which i don't find funny and so i'm sorry i said it in that way just, you and that's know, why you're bad at rose. Exactly. <laughs> this is the point. And I also, I think suicide is terrible and scary and a very real thing. So my bad, don't cancel me, anybody. Because well, I don't want to edit this part out just because somebody maybe got scared or offended. So I'm sorry. <laughs> and see, that's like you're going to run the light on the roast if you have to explain all that. <laughs> exactly. Like, no one's going to book me on a roast now because of this. Maybe I should edit this part out. <laughs> book me on your roast and be like, you fucking suck. Yeah. You just always sucked. Got him. Thanks. <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> I found Rose very hard. And I think also that has to do because I'm an only child probably. And I just wasn't raised with like getting made fun of in that way or like, you know, interacting in that way. Maybe my cousins here and there. But Interesting. I'm just not used to that vibe. I mean, maybe that's also the case for me. Yeah, like because I wasn't. I was not being regularly roasted. Well, I mean, I was being made fun of outside in school, but yeah. most of that was just like queer. And I was like, yeah, probably. I think so. Like, and, you know, and- people, <laughs> it, was, it was people calling me slurs and then me being like, oh my God, that fits like, <laughs> like a glove. Um, yeah, but I didn't have like that sort of bickering that you have with siblings. Yeah. And that really prepares you for a roast. And then you just end up being like, yeah, let's go to McDonald's after. Right. Like that's like an ongoing joke that it's like, oh, we have fights and then, and then all of a sudden you're cool. It's like, no, whenever I had a fight with someone, I was like, fuck them. Yeah. It was never like, yeah, we're going to share French fries later. <laughs> no, it was like, like this no. person's never going to like me. I'm never going to like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like. And so it took me some understanding with like having some friends where we make fun of each other or just understanding that dynamic. So Rose, I feel like because of that part of my personality, I'm like, oh, that was mean. You know, like, but also I can be less sensitive maybe. Mm, yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> but it's it, always like you're fat, you're a whore, you're ugly. Uh, you look at your relationship that ended because you know you're ugly. It, you know, <laughs> it's just like got him. We get it. Like, because it's like you'll have like a roast, and it'll just be like not to drag anybody here. Now I'm roasting, but it's just like this regional comic that's working two jobs. They're not like, you know, hyper successful. And so it's like, how much further down are you going to drag them? Yeah. Like, it's like, look at you, you still have your name tag on from work. What a fucking, it's like, Oh, it's yeah. like, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are famous. <laughs> so how do you feel like being an only child has influenced you as an adult? Cause I, I'm starting to understand it a lot more for me. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, 
the largest way it, a lot of people talk about only children being selfish, which I think you can like the it can diverge, right? And I think the way that mine diverged is that I was a deeply, deeply lonely child. Yeah. And mom worked two jobs, blah, 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 the whole to do. Um, and so I would just like give shit away all the time that, and we did not have a lot of money. So I would be giving shit away and it actually like, I would just give away my toys or my action figures or my comic books. And my mom would be like, stop that. What are you doing? We don't have a lot of money. And I would do it to like get people to like me. And, and so I think that it influenced me in the sense of like, I have a lot of problems with love or feeling mm. like trusting that I'm, I got, yeah, sorry. Slight tangent, I got dragged by one of those, like, Instagram, like, uh, meme accounts where it was, like, about Libras, and which I am. But it said, Libras know how to love, but they don't know how to believe that they are loved. Mm. And that's, I think, a big part of, like, my whole only yeah. child, deeply lonely, never really knew who my friends were. And so I think you can kind of go two ways. You can either become the selfish, like, I don't know how to share, yeah. or you can be the person that shares because they're afraid no one loves them. Yeah. And I think that that's the path I went down. That's true. I could see that. But also, so binary, Michael. There's not just two ways. I feel like, because I'm a little bit of both. I feel like in the middle, like, I'm, I'll am i share after I have deduced your worth the sharing. Wow. Like, it's a process. You know, okay. like, I'm not selfish. Like, I will share, but are you worth the share? Interesting. Yeah, are you just I'm not some rando so... fuck? No. And how do you use that? Do you use it efficiently or inefficiently? You're pressing on the marker too hard. Like, I'm not going to let you borrow my shit if you're going to disrespect it. Well, you see, know? I think that's the Virgo coming out is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that for me, I'm not that discerning. And that's actually been, like, a huge problem in my life um, because I... What do you mean by discerning and... In, in, in... Explain that word to me. Discerning. Oh, great. I don't know. I'm going to define this right. But discerning is going to be like, are you able to sort of like intellectually look at something and like make a really thoughtful decision? Okay. Okay. Got it. Um, and I like, do that with everything. Right. And like, yeah, like, are you able to like kind of be like, look at everything and see it really clearly? And like I said, with other people's problems, I can, but I can't always do it for myself. And so... Um, I think it, I often get taken for a ride by like uh, flim flam men, mm -hmm. <laughs> or you will. Like, I, I'm definitely susceptible to a charming person. Yeah. And it will take me months and months to realize, like, oh no, you're a scumbag. Yeah. And I was just doing all this shit, like, less so now that I'm in my late 30s and I'm like, you know, get off my lawn. Yeah. Like, anytime someone tries to be my friend. But in my 20s, I would befriend everyone. And then I, people would have to remind, like, come up and tell me and be like, I think Scott sucks. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not quite as discerning. Whereas you're like really thinking it through. Am They're out to steal you? my markers. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, I swear, and I think it's because I was also raised by a single mother. And so I think my single immigrant mother, being a woman, being an immigrant, being single, had a very defensive way maybe of navigating the world because mm -hmm. it was like I have to protect my things I I had divorced with this shitty man who's trying to take custody and my money and like she didn't even have money but it was just like you have to pay for lawyers and all these things and it was just a headache and sure. I think she operated as like don't trust a man don't give people your things like don't let anyone do anything for free because they'll probably expect things back mm -hmm. um, and so very like watch out always because people 
will hurt you if they have the ability to. Sure. Which I'm not saying is healthy. <laughs> I'm not saying that's healthy either. <laughs> uh, but that kept me very like suspicious. I was like a fucking like eight year old. Like, why are you giving me this for free? That's sus. Like, right. if you gave me something for free, I'd be like, he wants something. You're they, like, wa- they want something. You're at Baskin Robbins. Yeah. And they're like, you can try something if you don't before you buy it. And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. I will wait and I will choose without tasting anything. Like, mom, this person's a perv. <laughs> I don't want any favors. Right. Yeah. Don't give me any of your free ice cream. <laughs> Pervert. <laughs> I've seen the Lifetime movies. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, it, it's interesting because right, the, the answer is probably the healthy thing is somewhere in between those two extremes. Right. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in between where it's like trust some people but also just don't like just go at it like without thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. And, and like the other side is like maybe you should trust people. It's it's a lonely world out there. Right. And you need help sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the balance. It's somewhere in there. Right. Yeah. Did you – uh? I think you actually you mentioned also your parents got divorced. That is true. Um, before I was co- cognizant of any of it going on, um, I think I was probably I don't know exactly. I guess I was probably like one, maybe two when they got divorced, um, and then messy divorce bounced around. I had flown on a plane and this is only interesting because I didn't realize I had met some people or recently and like some of my family had told me they have no interest in ever getting on a plane some of my family from like rural areas they're oh, like wow. they're Fuck like planes. They, they're like you're never going to get me on one of those things um, <laughs> and it's so wild to me because I had like flown it's like a ship to Mars or something right I swear to god so um, I had flown so many times before I was five and then because of the the custody I would fly as an unaccompanied minor. Oh, yeah. I did that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Constantly. And so by the time I was like a teen or in my 20s, I had flown like 50 some odd times. Like it was like nothing to me. You're a pro. Well, like I – You had your little lanyard thing with your little thing? Yes. And like I got my wings and I'm like, "Mm, this one is 1997. This one's 1998. They changed (laughs) the design in 99. You know, I was like (laughs) – I had a whole collection. You get to meet the captain. You're like, oh, this guy again? Ugh. So my favorite thing to do, and this is maybe, this is the only child coming out, and it's hella manipulative. But <laughs> I was not deeply upset about going on the, these trips or going to see my dad, leave my mom, because it was I was used to it. But I learned that if you cry and you really sell it, they'll move you up to first class. So I used to cry and talk about missing my mom and feeling really like, oh, this is just just a lot for me. (laughs) And so they moved me up to first class. I like that. Yeah, deeply manipulative. And what age did that stop working? <laughs> um, I mean, probably like 12, 13, like <laughs> after a little while where it's sort of like, I don't know, kid. I don't know. You're like, no, I need the washcloths. I need the hot cloth. My mom. I miss my mom. <laughs> yeah. I wish that worked now. And I think people just like look at you and everyone's on the plane crying. Everyone on the plane is crying. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> the seats have gotten smaller. No one feels good about it. <laughs> It's terrible. It's the worst. Like, now that's why I'm like, you're not going to get me on one of those things. Because economy class, my knees are, like, literally, like, am I about to have sex? Because that's the position I'm in right now. Because it's, like, no space. There's no space on a plane. 
It would be nice if there time, were stirrups, like, to, like, really relax. At least you can relax. And then you can knock out a pap smear while you're up there. Right? You could do a couple things. You're like, there what you can go. I, dentistry, what can we do? It's like, wow, this position's really blocking the TV screen, though. You know? <laughs> but um, I remember once I went from economy, I got bumped up to economy plus. Ooh. And they were like, it's three extra inches. You know? I was like, you know, it's the only time three inches <laughs> doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit. I mean, that would be a lot in in other contexts, um, right? Yeah, like a sandwich, right? Or right. like a, a hot dog, because then it would really be sticking out of either end of the totally, line. <laughs> totally. I remember when I was younger, the ladies' air hostess. When I used to fly alone, they'd always bring me like the little goodies that they would pass out sure. to the first classers, like face mist. Mm. Do you remember back when, like? Flights gave you cool things. Well, it used to be a. It, it was like Lufthansa Airways treated a little bit more like it was like a luxury experience. Because I, I used to fly. My mom sent my ass to India alone. Mm-hmm. I went to India How alone, and flight? I was like, "Well, there's a change in Hong Kong, so I was alone." My little fucking nine-year-old ass mm-hmm. up in Hong Kong, changing flights like the air hostesses <laughs> would like pass me over. Right, and then, and then I went to India, and then. One time, my uncle, he forgot I was coming because of the time difference. He thought I was coming the next day. So I was just in this India airport, 3 a.m. in the morning, uh-huh. no cell phones. I was like, here's my book with phone numbers. And the air hostess was like going down it and like calling people like in my little booklet with the phone numbers. That's so funny. And I was just like, what are we going to eat? <laughs> like... Do I live with you now? <laughs> Wow. My mom was just like, he's not there to get you. Like, I can just imagine now that I'm thinking about it, just being alone in an airport in India. Well, you know what's funny? I don't see, because I'll look whenever I'm, like, going on a flight and, like, you know, people watch, you're looking around. I don't see, like, kids flying alone the way that I felt like. Because I remember when I was growing up in, like, the early 90s or whatever, I would see other kids that were unaccompanied minors or something, and we would have, like, a little. I even made friends. Like, a little Oliver moment. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Artful Dodger. And, like, here we go. Like um... Divorced parents? You too? Me too. Then we just go rob people. Um, (laughs) But now I'm like, is this just a thing of the past? Do people not? Send and I guess maybe it was like the late eighties, early nineties, where people were just like. I also remember we used to go trick or treating, and it would just be like, "Come back before tomorrow." And yeah. now, if you ever watch trick or treaters, they fucking drive those kids from door to door. Those yeah. kids do not walk a city block. I think it's just things just gotten scarier because now we have we're able to see more because of the internet, right. which makes us scared more. And then we're like, "You're not going to fucking Nevada to see your dad." But all that true crime shit. Like when you want, like, it existed then too. Yeah, like because they're always like doing these things where it was like 1985. This person killed 700 people, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you're like, wow, I was playing basketball outside until like 9:30 at night. I was always alone. I was, <laughs> just, I was wandering the streets like a fucking feral cat, and I I was fine. I don't know, but <laughs> like, and now it's like the scariest thing. Everything's. I'm terrified to even think. About raising a kid in today's world. Mm-hmm. You don't like to be at the airport alone. You're like, here's my list of numbers. Oh, my God. Can you call someone to get <laughs> Seriously, me? Seriously, <laughs> I still have that. You're like, I don't know where I I'm am. I'm like, no, I don't have a cell phone. What are we going to eat? <laughs> where's my lanyard? <laughs> How is my mom going to know where I am? <laughs> did you live mostly then with your mom or did you? Did you... My mom, yeah. So it was like... Um... School year with my mom, summer with my dad, every other Christmas with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. When did you start understanding yourself and your identity in regards to your gender expression throughout hopping between these 
homes. Never. Um. Right? It's an ever-changing, <laughs> honestly, until the day we die. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about it. I think that when I was younger, I was definitely into sort of gender play in a sense i was very into pretty pretty princess i was very into my little ponies and i was like deeply into like hair and dresses and um all those all those sort of things but it was always like a very private yeah you know it's like not at school or not and like my mom didn't really give a shit you know she was like put on whatever yeah do you like um don't die um which was her sort of parenting approach for the most part it's like don't die do your homework don't die um so I had some room to explore it, but um, I really put it kind of away as far as like makeup or feminine feminine clothing or other stuff. I put it away until like my late 20s, really. It was like really difficult to sort of process or figure out earlier than that. I was like able to like come out as gay, but then there's like that, that weird thing where you like you first like come out and you're like all right i'm gay but guys don't worry i'm only gonna like be gay conceptually <laughs> i'm not gonna do any of that fucked up shit you know what i mean like yeah it's like, yeah and then you keep like going and you're like well now i do this but i don't do that it was like a bunch of that where it was like i kept coming up to a different thing and i think the gender thing was one i stuck with for a really long time where i was like no i'm a boy 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 but it was just like i was just forcing myself back yeah. into this idea that just did not track for me at all. Yeah. What yeah. do you think were like key things that influenced your idea of what being a boy was? Um, I mean, probably movies and yeah. shit, right? Like the fucking Sandlot or some shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, just a bunch of different stuff where it was like, and boys are this way. And like, my dad was a big thing, or just my dad was like fishing and hunting and. Like, not to say that, of course, like, women and girls do that, but that's not the narrative. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or if they do do that, it's normally like, oh, how unique. Um, and I think there was just, like, a, a lot of things about being a boy that just never tracked for me. And I think one of the biggest things, and I talk about this in my stand-up, is that, like, men are obsessed with being men. Yeah. Like, they're very into it. And it's like they have all these ideas where they're like, I've got to be a good man. And That's why they're all offended lately with the Bud Light stuff. <laughs> and then that Target, they're having rainbows on boys' clothing. And they're like, why the fuck is there a rainbow on this little boy's shirt? They can't, can't happen. And it's like, it's very, um, it can be it can be really rigid. I think, it, you know, I can't speak to it. And I think that, like, you know, women, and uh, of course, encounter that idea of, like, the really narrow window of like what the expectations and femininity and like um, uh, like shape and size and various things. Um, but yeah, I just remember being a boy just never made any sense to me. Like it was yeah. like a role I could play. And I was like, I can, I can pass, I can get by. A yeah. C plus boy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm passing. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like we didn't even mention this actually to our listeners. We didn't explain how you identify. And also if you can just, I guess, define in your own sense how you identify being non-binary. You know, everybody embodies it in a different way, like how sure. they express. And so how do you identify and how do you define that? Yeah. I mean, well, I think there's something lovely about also not having a huge, like very special moment about it where it was yeah. like, because we were just having a conversation, we're just talking about stuff. And I think that is sort of how I feel about it, where it's sort of like 
my identity or identifying as non-binary is very it just is another thing. Yeah. And I think it, I'm really happy to have gotten to a place where it isn't like this like big like everybody I need have an announcement to make. Yeah. Uh, because because I am... it shouldn't be that. That's actually super hetero. <laughs> it's actually just saying that this world is very hetero and I'm letting everyone know in this moment I'm not completely behaving super hetero and so I have to let everyone know. And then so you have to have a coming out. Like I'm coming out. But it's like no because if the world was fluid and, and not super hetero then we wouldn't need to come out and so why does it need to be a big conversation yeah i mean it was it's it was really interesting as i think that by the time i was starting to like sit in my identity of being a non-binary person and not feeling like i fit in the gender binary i was already like in my late 20s early 30s and it was a big moment for me internally mm-hmm. but otherwise i was just like oh here i'm just out living my life normal and then maybe someone will ask and be like oh you're wearing a lot more femme garments lately what's going on and it's like oh then maybe i'll talk about it <clears throat> but or i talk about it in my stand-up of yeah. course or whatnot um but it it was it was a really easy thing once it happened like it was yeah. so hard until the moment whenever i felt like accepted it and then i was like oh this is very breezy um and i think for me it's just like wanting <sighs> It's so, it feels so ambient and under the surf, ambient, not ambient, ambient and so under the surface where it was sort of like, I don't know if anything changed. I mean, like some of my garments, some of like how comfortable I felt wearing makeup or how I would Mm -hmm. present, but the change was so internal in the sense of like, it was just like unlocking a door and being like, oh, here's the rest of your stuff that you've kept from yourself for a really long time. You've always had it. You it always belonged to you, and for some reason you had locked it away, like in like a closet metaphor, yeah. whatever. But like here it is, here's the rest of you, and so it was like, I don't know, it was something really like chill about it. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm okay with not performing to the levels I'm expected to, kind of, and I'm okay with just doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and I mean, I was like, I like having a beard, so I was like, I'm not going to like shave my beard, and does yeah. that mean anything? And I think to some people sometimes. Sometimes people are still interested in certain binary performance where they're like, oh, are you really serving non-binary if you have a beard? But then or, it's like that is actually going against queerness it's like, because it's like queering anything is just doing it your own way. Yeah, like it, it just sort of like it doesn't matter to me. And if it matters to you, maybe we're not going to be. Yeah. Able to hang out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to be borrowing my markers. You can't fucking borrow my markers. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how you're going to use them. But no, so that makes me think you opened up about wearing uh, women's garments. And so I wonder, growing up not wearing women's garments and then moving into a place where you're exploring with women's garments, what's something that you notice? Like, what's the difference that you notice between men's and women's clothing? Um, well, funny thing about women's clothing. I mean, I guess this is true about men's clothing. And again, right, it's just like, it's just clothing. And we have it so ingrained in our heads yeah. to be like, men's and women's clothing. It's fabric sewn together. Um, literally, anyone can wear it, you know, and except in Florida and Texas now, apparently. Uh, but, but it does different things, <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. And I think that something I notice, so like, if I'm going to women's clothing, well, what is considered plus size and what isn't considered mm-hmm. plus size is crazy. And like the expectations of like, it, like, 
like if you're over a size 12, it's like you're in a whole other department. <laughs> and like, and also guess what? Size 12, not the same thing on any brand. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. There is no consistency whatsoever. Um, and so that was an interesting thing, learning how to buy. Lack of consistency. Yeah. Like learning how to buy dresses and learning. Because like, men's pants are like something inches, like a waist. It's pretty meat and potatoes. And then a, and a yeah, yeah, you're right. It is pretty meat and potatoes. And women's clothing is like a margarita. You never know. Is it going to be sour? Is yeah. it going to be too lemony, too sweet? Right. Too... Is it rocks? Is it slushy? Yeah. yeah. Do you put salt on the rim? Do you put hella salt on the rim? What kind of salt? Right. Oh, I'm, oh this is European margarita? I don't okay. even know what that is. Yeah. Like, this is European sizes? Like... Yeah, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite things I've learned recently that's like I've fallen in love with is because the shape of my body, I am sort of... Um... I'm like I'm shaped like like a, a block of tofu. Okay. Um, I'm not like like in like wearing women's clothing. I found that like to create the illusion of shape. Sometimes I'm in love with stretchy belts. Okay. I love a stretchy belt. Um, like below the rib cage yes, moment. Yes. And that was like once I found that, and then all of a sudden I was like wearing these dresses and everything, and I was like, oh, this is such a big change because it was like. I'm, I am the size I am, and I love the size I am. This is the happiest I've ever been with my body. But sometimes certain clothing will fight back, and it won't. Yeah. Or like I would get some plus size clothing, and for some reason it has frills all over it, and I'm like, I don't need all these frills. They do this thing that it's like I think it's often the mindset is I'm we're trying to cover up areas that maybe someone has insecurity about, mm. and so they're like, oh, we won't go sleeveless. We're gonna put like a big ball of frills here or something, and it's it's uh, deeply unpleasant to me. So I end up like started cutting off all the arms of the yeah, because I can understand it may feel rashy even a bit. But that's yeah. interesting. You noticing that in regards to even while making the clothing, it's like they're perpetuating. A stigmatization of a certain body space, body Absolutely. areas. They're like, you should feel shameful. So we're trying to cover it up in a way for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like one thing to design things that work with someone's shape and that, like, honestly, they're like, um, design things that accentuate and celebrate is a completely different thing than cover up and like, yeah. obscure you know what i mean yeah. and i think that there's something you know maybe of course some people want something that's going to obscure I yeah and we fucking we we use foundation we use cover-up we use this that the other sometimes we do want to obscure things sometimes that is the idea but i think when it comes to weight it, it becomes so complicated because yeah. it's sort of like it does it doesn't perpetuates that idea that it's like um mm, yeah you're nervous about your arms us too yeah and like, like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, fuck you, whatever clothing company you are. I know. Yeah. Um, and so I, 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 coming to clothing and then getting it and then being like, mm, this isn't making me feel my prettiest or whatever. And then adjusting it and changing it and finding a way to like have my like combat boot moment with a cute like summer dress and a leather jacket. And then I'm finding who I am. And is it like, I, I was really nervous about a red lip for a long time, and yeah. I, I really fell in love with, like, a really bold, aggressive, fuck you red lip. And I think part of it for me was it was sort of like, no, you're not femme enough yeah. to deserve a red lip. You have to wear, and I love wearing, like, a blue or, a, like, a, a, a queer color. You know what I mean? Where it's like, obviously, I'm punk, I'm queer. 
it felt almost like I had more of a right to it. Yeah. And then I would always get red lip and then be like, no, that's for someone that's serving pussy. That's for someone yeah. that's serving femme, high femme. You can't wear that with your fucking beard. What are you thinking? Yeah. And then I really eventually fell in love with it and was like, no, fuck you. This is a fuck you red lip. This yeah. is a power moment. Because you can queer your idea of femme and like, you're like, this is what femininity is for right. me and I'm fucking wearing this red lip. Well, it's like, you know, you're fighting we're always we're fighting our way out of the boxes that we're put in and maybe you, yeah. you don't always end up at a place of being non-binary but like who who you were told you were versus who you are for a lot of people it's just it's they're so far apart mm-hmm. and even with like a cool mom my mom was never really shoving that much down my throat but like the world at large was yeah and my mom could be as cool and accepting as possible but that doesn't mean i wasn't going to be fucking traumatized by yeah. everything else and they're shoving <laughs> it down our throats even just through our clothing like this yeah. is what our thoughts are about the clothing and this is why we're making the clothes like this yeah so i guess my question for you then is coming from somewhere where you weren't exposed to this way of thinking through clothing, what, what do you feel like is lacking from a utilitarian point of view? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I'm just like everyone else in the sense that anytime something has pockets and you're not expecting pockets, you're like, oh, pockets! Right. So-, <laughs> so how do you deal with when it doesn't have pockets? Like, you're like, am I going to disrupt this gender norm or do I want pockets? It's. I mean, that is a question. I, I think that some of the, the interesting thing about not being not having wearing women's clothing a lot as like a younger person is there's still a lot of novelty to it for me so like a purse or like carrying a purse in practical purses sometimes yeah i just think it's so fun or like you were talking about high heels i was never expected to wear high heels yeah so for me i was like i would like to wear the heels please yeah and like because it was never forced on me it was like the expectation was never forced on me so i'm just sort of like this is so fun and like last night i was wearing a new pair of heels out and i they still need to be broken in and they were so fucking painful but part of it for me was i was like yeah i was just gonna say did it feel like like look at you in your little new toe blister yeah you're like look at that yeah i got that from heels (laughs) (laughs) because it was just it's never yeah it was never pushed on me and so but i mean i think they're like as far as things that are lacking it's like definitely pockets right it's like getting being able to get in and out of stuff without help yeah that's a crazy thing about or i'm sorry uh, like to be more thoughtful that is a wacky thing about women's clothing yeah how many garments require help or immense flexibility to like zip yourself up into or yeah I can't even, I remember one time I literally had to leave my house and I had to get, uh, I remember I was getting my nails done and I wore something and the lady at the nail salon had to zip me up because that was just the next place I was going (laughs) and I didn't have anybody to zip shit up. I'm lucky. I'm pretty flexible in the arms, like a little double jointed so I can normally get to it. I can like kind of pop my shoulder back there, Yeah, but it's not... not practical it's yeah not, or like the shoes i was wearing last night the the buckle on them is on the non-dominant side which i thought was so weird so it's like the buckle isn't over here the buckle's over there so like when you cross your legs you can't get to it so you're doing it oh my gosh you're so right 
I, you're so. F- I actually didn't even notice that that's the non-dominant side of where buckles are supposed to be. Because I was like, no, buckles are always on that side. That's the dominant side for the stupid ass buckle. Because you want people to see the buckle. Yeah, and I just realized actually, yeah, that's why it's always hard because I'm always like, my foot's always like fucking backwards when I'm trying to put yeah. the shoe on. It should be on the inside. It should, it be-, should be on the inside. <laughs> what the fuck? It was so funny. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even notice this forever. was a problem. This is how big of a problem it is that I didn't even know it was a problem. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, there's so many things on wow. women's clothing that are like aesthetic over function. But like, again, since I wasn't expected to wear them, I find yeah. it all so fun and silly. Yeah. But if I was like forced to wear them, I would be like, this sucks. Yeah. Give me some drinkos. Have you ever had short hair? Yeah. No, I haven't. I'm too. I'm too nervous to go too short, yeah. but I want. I have seen it looking amazing, like Ruby something, whatever her name is. Ruby Rose. Yes, and mm-hmm. she has like this short, wet, baddie look all the time. Mm-hmm. I love her hair. Yeah, it's very yeah. cunty. It's very fun. I and love it. Yeah, um, that was a thing for me. Is I'm also like losing my hair. Yeah, and so I started growing it out about two years ago. Like not like I've I've cut it, but yeah, like yeah. keeping it longer because yeah. on a use it before you lose it plan. Exactly. I was like I would like to have I had longer hair when I was like in a screamo band when in my twenties, but I haven't had longer hair in a while. Not while I was fem doing fem stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, I want clips. Obsessed with this is so stupid. I'm obsessed with clips and like fascinators. Yeah. Wait. And, what, like, what fascinators? What is that? Like a big ostentatious clip. Like it's almost sort of like it's like not, a brooch. Yeah. It's not. It's not a hat. But it's like a clip that has, it's a really big clip. Like there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, They're called fascinators. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm like, what's that? How fascinating. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, um, I feel so femme right now. I'm like, they're called fascinators. I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm bad. (laughs) No, I mean, that's the the funny thing is like the expectation and right, right. It's sort of like, you're like. That was never interesting to me. I was never out here looking for hair bobbles and right? shit. And that's just not a, that was not an interesting femme, you know, quote But unquote. now I'm rediscovering, just like we're saying, it's always changing. Now I'm in a space where I'm like putting my toes, dipping my toes into some of these more femme spaces. Fun, yeah. Yeah, so it's like fun kind of figuring that out. It's always nicer when you get to come to it yourself, right? It's like if someone's like, oh, yo, you got to see this movie and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got to see this movie and you're like, yeah, I'll fucking get to it. Yeah. And then when you get to it, you're like, oh, I really liked it. And then you're like, I told you to see it. And it was like, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah. When you were telling me to. Exactly. I needed to find my way there. On my own. (laughs) Right? That's how I need to do it. You know, which actually kind of leads me to what we ask uh, everyone at the end of... uh, of this conversation, <laughs> which is no matter who they are, your friend, your partner, your lover, your family, mm-hmm. how can someone love you best? Oy, um... <laughs> Crazy. Um, wacky. Um, I think... The best thing, and maybe this is a little too universal, but I think it, it's really important to me is um, I I cherish patience. Yeah. I think I think that's the most important thing for me is I'm like be patient with me about stuff, um, and I think that's the thing I, I I most love to give people and yeah. like try to be patient, try not to to to, to just to give space for 
someone to 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 find themselves and 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 yeah i don't know i feel like we're in this like not add anxiety to it sometimes when you're impatient it changes the whole flavor of the dish i'm making because now i'm stressed i'm tense and it kind of maybe makes shit not as awesome as it could have been yeah i mean i think that we live in a world right now that's just like everything's an emergency and it doesn't unfortunately it doesn't fucking matter how stressed out and how anxious we are about the things that's not going to like provide more solutions and so i think patience and like allowing allowing me to to live and to not like one of the worst things that someone could ever do for me is like talk about my five-year plan yeah like i'm like i don't know the world is not maybe it won't be here like, let me just live my life. Let me, like, let's yeah. just live our lives a little bit. That smell. Did Wait, did you see Puss in Boots? No. <laughs> but I love how this, about life conversation, Puss in Boots is like, this is. I think it might have just. Did it turn off? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, you know what? The audio is still going. Okay. So, yeah, just to put it out there, Puss in Boots. The Last Wish is a far more compelling and and an important narrative than you think it would be. I love that. I highly recommend seeing it. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, for you know you. what? I will because I like when shit gets deep like that, especially when it's animated. Sobbed, sobbed. But I don't want to spoil anything. But there is a segment of it without going to the story where basically they are at an impasse, and the impasse is essentially like. Um, big sentient flowers that will eat you okay but the solution and everyone's trying to like chop them down yeah they keep growing and the solution is to smell them Mm -hmm. and to like take your time and not try to rush through this like obstacle and that's the only way to get past it is like to think like what if we just chilled yeah. And then that is actually the solution of not being so proactive. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that's like much more like emotional, but I remember that moment for me when I was watching it, I was just like, I need to. We yeah. all need to just chill because like yeah. the world's going to end either way. Like let's not like run towards the end. Like yeah. let's enjoy some of the shit. Like let's not be in a hurry. I feel like and I can even understand like how And this could be not connected at all, but I can understand how divorce and how being an only child and how having to move from parent to parent, I felt like there was a very scheduling, always doing something, this and that and da da da. And it always felt like patience wasn't allowed because there was always like a date, having to get somewhere, a time. Well, you're going to be with your dad that weekend, so you can't do, or well, we're going to be here or that. And it was always like figuring something out. Well, we want to do this because, you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving, so what are you guys? And I feel like that kind of may gave me, put me in a place where I really appreciate patience now because I feel like it gave me anxiety, all of that type of like... Okay, yeah. good, good there. Oh, 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 I forgot this at my mom's house. I was supposed to do this this weekend and it's due on Monday. It was very like always chaotic. It felt chaotic. Yeah. And, and I so, think... yeah, I could see how like patience, at least for me now, how my past influenced that. I could see how that could be a great way to chill. Let's chill with each other. Like, and I feel like we're so often just sort of like, especially in comedy, Jesus Christ, in comedy, people are like is it advancing my career then it's bullshit and it's like listen y'all everybody listen 
I hope that you have a great career. Yeah. But if you don't fucking have any fun at all or you're not able to relax or you're not able to actually have friends. There's so many comedians I know where I'm just like, do you have friends or do you have colleagues? Yeah. And it's like my concern about it. And so I think the best thing is like, can you chill with me? Can we be off? Can we not be rushing from one thing to another? Just that's just chill. That's like yeah. I think a big love language for me is I'm like, let's just lay here and be in the same space and yeah. I like that. <laughs> Even at the beginning of this, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't get this and I was getting nervous because we were running behind time. Word. And then uh and you're like, I'm here. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. It's such a blessing and I think such a, a, a special relationship of people that make you feel like they're not in a hurry to get to the next thing. Yeah. Or that like you're not wasting their time. Like me and my bestie, Vanessa Gonzalez, we've been good friends for like over a decade. And I think a big part of it is that when we're hanging out, there's just, it's not a panic. Yeah. It's not a fucking emergency. Like... I'll go to visit her and it'll be, I'll get off the airplane and then we'll go to her house and we'll just like watch three movies and order food. And we won't be like, Oh, we've got to do a bunch of stuff. I and it's like, that. we will eventually, yeah, we'll go like do things, but it's like, oh, it can be so chill. I love those hangs, especially <laughs> when you're like, wow, we didn't even shower. We're just hanging out, yeah, having and, a good time. Yeah. It's just like, it's not a fucking emergency. And so I think that's how I like to be loved is if you can make me not be stressed out, the world is stressful enough. Yeah. Everything is super stressful. It's too much. I just need to chill. Just chill. <laughs> that got me chill. But yeah. Well, okay. So before we get out of here, I okay. want to know all of your social media handles, the name of your podcast that you Wonderful. have with Vanessa so people can follow you on all the things that they could follow you on. Would love to provide that for you. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Michael Folk. Um, it's spelled weird, but it is my handle on all of my socials. So it's M-I-C-H-E-A-L-F-O-U-L-K. That's Michael Folk on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. Um, I think that's all the ones I'm on. Um, find me on Scruff. Um, and then my podcast with Vanessa Gonzalez is called I'm Not Busy. Um, we're getting pretty close to episode 100. We just released episode 95. Um, it has an irre irregular schedule because the whole point of it is we do it when we're not As busy. As we all do. Yeah. Like the idea is like we get there when we're not busy, we'll record. If we're busy, we don't have time to record. Exactly. Same with this. It's like, you know what? I can't do it every Tuesday. I can't push it out on the yeah. same consistency. But if you love, you know, if you love us, you love us. And then you'll yeah. stick it out. You'll be chill and patient. Chill out. <laughs> um, yeah, and then if you're in the Bay Area, you can see Queer Film Theory 101 with Alamo Draft House. That's my queer screening series. And I talk about all this stuff on the socials. So if you're awesome. interested in that, you can find me. Awesome. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate you coming through yeah. and sharing yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I love that also the pup walked in right here at the end and was like, yes, yes, it is the end. Of yeah, the he's recording. like, I'm here for the butt scratches now. You can get, uh, you can be done faking why you really came here uh what we say for susan our our dog is every time susan looks at us um she's saying have you considered susan and <laughs> i think that's what dogs are saying all the time when they come in they're like have you considered susan 
Have that's, you considered me? That's okay. And I know we were just gonna leave, but I really want to open because I noticed your I noticed you your approach to Susan and raising Susan sure. in a very gender fluid space. Sure. So I want to talk about it because it's my first time. <laughs> it's my first time when I met Susan. I was like, oh Susan, and then I saw a dick on Susan, and sure. then I was like, this is great. Right. Because we were at Gilman Brewery and yeah. the spaces. You know, a queer friendly space, and I was just like, you know, this is my first time interacting with recognizing a dog in a gender neutral type of way, and so I guess I just want to understand that because I'm sure some people are like, what? Like, but some people are like, did Susan make the decision to we be say so? Okay, yeah, we we, 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 we say that. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, right? It's not a fucking emergency. It doesn't fucking matter. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so whenever people are like, hmm, did your dog? And it's like, oh, our dog doesn't know. Our dog doesn't care. <laughs> our dog literally doesn't care. And dogs have way different gender expectations. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know? you know, I mean, and it's sort of like, if, yeah, anywho. But um, I think we knew that we wanted, we had a couple names for dogs and all of them were femme names. And we had decided that it didn't fucking matter. Yeah. And that regardless of what dog we got, we were going to choose one of these names. And whenever we met Susan, Susan's name, um, Susan had like a previous name that was just sort of slapped on there. And it didn't, it wasn't them. Yeah. It wasn't, the, like the name just didn't make any sense. Um, and so when we landed on Susan, it really stuck. And it was just yeah. really just like, I think when people fucking name their kids, unless they're naming them after like, a loved one who died, but you you go through a couple things and then you look at the kid and you yeah. say a name and you're like, Is this, that's your name. Yeah. Um, and with the pronouns and whatnot, it was like, we're going to call you all kinds of crazy shit. Why would we be super precious about this is a boy dog? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I think it was almost sort of like for me where I was just like, Susan does not care what their gender is. Yeah. And it was like, I realized that neither of the available options were for me if only life was that easy like all susan cares about is are you gonna be nice to me are you gonna scratch my butt are you gonna give me a treat right and really i think all of us living beings are wondering those things i mean susan are you gonna maximum be nice chill. to me yeah maximum chill <laughs> we all just want to know are you gonna scratch our butts are you gonna be nice to us mm -hmm. are you gonna give us treats right have you like, considered susan who cares yeah have you, have you considered susan right bernie that message Bernie approved. That's always that's the thing here. Is is it Bernie approved? Mm. So I think that message is Bernie approved. This is him approving things. Yes. It feels I feel the approval washing over me and in a way that my father never could. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> we digress. We do. Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in. Follow us on uh, social media and thank you always for tuning in and uh, wash your butts. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>